Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, happy Tuesday. Our own Greg Matzik is raising money for the MAC Fund, and if he reaches his goal, he's going to grow his hair out. We asked people around the WTMJ office what style he should try to grow. Oh, I kind of like to see a pro. Pro, like yeah. a Bob Ross kind of thing? Yeah, 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 definitely Bob Ross. I, he's got that artistic bent to him. So I can see, like, and, and of course you got to have a beard. Got to do the beard. And then maybe, maybe you want to dye it like a really interesting mauve coat. I'm thinking uh, kind of like a spike hair. Very, very spiky hair on top. So we're talking like Shave. three, four feet yeah, high? Yeah, really high spiky hair, still shaved, you're completely shaved in, in the sides and back, and I think that'd be a great look for Greg. I could see Greg rocking a high top fade, like kind of like the one that you would see in like the 90s house party movie. I could see that. What about Ben? What do you think? Interesting. Uh, you know what, Greg? Uh, go ahead and uh, grow some dreads. Go, go get some dreads. Uh, get, do a little body modification. All right. Uh, there are male wigs out here these days. Try them. I think yeah. like yours, Adam. Like mine? Yes. Because then you can complement it with a nice hat on something with the hair underneath. Shaka Smart during the pandemic and like a Chia Pet. That's kind of my vision for you with, with hair growing out right now. I'm picturing like a whole Fabio thing going on. Long, like blonde. Luscious. If we're going to pendulum swing, we got to do it fully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So here's the deal Greg is golfing for the Mac Fund 100 holes on Thursday. He's golfing to raise money to fight pediatric cancer. That's what the MAC Fund does. If we can get to $7,500, he's going to grow his hair out. And we're over 6000 so we're on our way. We need your donation so we can make Matzik grow his hair out. Have you thought about this much, what your hair might look like? I'm a little nervous about that, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm excited. Well, it's been mean, 20 years. For the uninitiated <laughs> who maybe might not have seen you or don't know you that well, is you don't have a lot of hair that's growing out now. I uh, know. I have none, as a matter of yeah, fact. Because yes. uh, I take a, a razor to my head every two days. <laughs> right. Now, uh, the positive, I guess, I think, is that I, I do swipe hair. Yeah. Right, and there's a little fuzz there. So you know, today. there's something going on. When oh, you... for sure. Like it'll it'll come back around the perimeter. I'm not sure what's going to happen on top, but I'm all for doing it. And my wife is very nervous. She has never seen me with hair. She promises unconditionally to love me. That's I think remarkable. you guys should uh, make it spicier. That's amazing. Just yeah, saying. exactly. You're going to be like a new man. She's going to be with a new guy. Yeah, the only other hair I have is on my back. So I, I'm trying to do like a one lap around kind of thing. Just take it all off. Why not stop with the head? Uh, but we'll give it a shot. And we're getting close. So we're at a little over $6,200 and trying Let's to get go. to 75 But we are running out of time a little bit. It's Thursday morning. That's when the event takes place. And uh, we've had somebody reach out about a potential match of up to $500 yes, if we let's can go. get even That's $500 so today, I think we get to add 500 to what we can do today, and 
we'll be in pretty good shape. So here's how you donate. Text the word GOLF to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Text the word GOLF. We send you the information. It's very easy. It goes right to Greg's page where you can make a donation. Help children. Help us grow Greg's hair out. Text the word GOLF to 855-616-1620. The first F-35 fighter jet has come to Madison's Truax Field. It is now part of the 115th fighter wing out there. Wanted to get some perspective and find out more about the aircraft. Jim Gingrass is a retired Air Force lieutenant colonel, military diplomat. He was a commanding squadron officer in Turkey and an instructor at the U4S Air Force Academy. He is with us this afternoon. Jim, thank you so much for making some time for us. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. Hey, so I I heard from a a guy in the military out of Madison. He said this is like going from a flip phone, the F-16, to a high-resolution smartphone, the F-35. Tell us about the F-35. How special is this aircraft? Sure, that, and that's a really fair analogy. It is truly a game changer. It is a new level of technology. We have uh, the ability with this this new aircraft to do things that we could only dream of before. I mean, it has a, a fifth generation fighter, which which means it does a whole lot of things. It can uh, fly and sense and deliver weapons and engage enemy beyond the horizon. It is uh, kind of like you can think of it like a flying supercomputer. It can do so much uh, and it's a game changer for uh, air power for the it's also in I think I don't think we realize enough that this uh, platform is an American platform, but it is built by eight partners and shared across seventeen different countries to allow us with our allies, our partners and allies, to be able to go create these ginormous coalitions of aircraft to defend and deter potential aggression uh, just by the mere presence that we can interoperate across these allies, unlike anyone else, any other country in the world could ever hope to. Can you kind of describe what what it can do? I know it can fly as high as Mach 1.6. What does that mean to the average person? Sure, yeah. I mean, it it can fly supersonic, so anything over Mach 1.0 flies supersonic. Uh, It's not really the same kind of uh, super cruise capability. So we have another fighter, the F-22, that can fly uh, for longer periods at that high speed. Uh, It's able to get around the battlefield. But its real benefit is the ability to, to synthesize information, to be able to collect information, to be able to uh, coordinate across different platforms. And so uh, really that's what I think of like a flying hub in the sky that can then command and control the ability to see and hear and know what's going on uh, all around them, truly in three dimensions. I mean, the helmet on this machine is just amazing. So uh, granted, I'm not a, a pilot uh, for the Air Force. Uh, I wasn't a pilot for the Air Force. so. I was able to fly the simulator and, and try on the helmet, um, but it's, uh, from my perspective, uh, I can tell you that when you put on that helmet and you can ground and you look down through your feet, you can see physically underneath the plane because we have cameras all over it. So you can look behind you, down places you wouldn't be able to see in a normal aircraft, you can see everywhere on the F-35. Or even listen on the radio. When you he- hear someone talking on the radio somewhere else, you can physically hear where they're coming from. How advanced and lethal are the weapon systems? Uh-huh. Great question. Incredibly. And that's the thing is this is a combination of an employment platform, the F-35, but it also launches these fifth-generation high-tech weapons. I mean, all of the things that we, we see, uh, of the ability to strike anywhere, anytime, uh, that comes from these uh, incredible precision technologies that are the both the weapon and the employment platform like the F-35. So we can 
take all those uh, missiles or, or weapons that it's carrying uh, inside. It, it takes it in a, in a low observable or stealth mode, and it allows us to get behind uh, the enemy sensors to be able to, to hit targets, touch targets that won't be able to otherwise. Or it can go back and, and put weapons on the outside and launch from a farther range, and it, it works in coordination with other planes in a way that no other plane has. And so that really is a game changer for both the, the airplane itself but also the weapons. Jim, you know, I, I hear this and I read about this and I think about the men and women that fight these planes. This sounds so complicated and so complex. They must be incredibly bright to be able to do this. It's just almost overwhelming to even think about. Well, I, I'm, I'm a little biased perhaps, but I would say um, the, the folks who operate these are the whole team. Pilot is the one on the uh, end of the sphere, if you will. It is the person who is, is operating it, but it is a whole suite of people that are doing logistics, supply, maintenance, uh, all of the things that go forward to, to make these missions happen, it's a giant team. And I can tell you the, the U.S. military, the U.S. Air Force in particular, but the U.S. military writ large, uh, we are second to none in the world, and the team is better than it ever has been before. Um, the, from the youngest uh, airman to the most senior general, the whole team is truly spectacular. And I was honored to, to wear the uniform and, and serve uh, alongside them, and I know they're going to continue to go out and do great things. And the team here at, at Truex uh, with the, the F-35 is coming here. It's a, it's a game changer for, for Wisconsin uh, and for the Air National Guard here in Wisconsin. So that, that's a good point. Having it here in Wisconsin, how does it change uh, our level of protection and why is it important? You know, sometimes I think we get complacent about how safe we are in our state. Great question, Amy. Yeah, so it is, you know, not perhaps intuitive, but having the F-35s here in the center part of the country allows us not so much to defend against Canada because that's not going to happen. We are great allies with Canada, but we have, as we saw with uh, balloon incursions across the northern part of the United States, uh, the aircraft flying out of here are able to engage very quickly anything coming from the north. So the ability for us to to defend against an attack coming over the North Pole would absolutely be important here, but not so much even in Wisconsin. It's also a deployable Wisconsin Air National Guard is a Wisconsin asset, but then can be called And that means, of course, the U.S. military, which is all around the world. And, and I know the team here has deployed a number of times and plans to deploy further. So it's really about the force projection platform that we can move these aircraft anywhere in the world, wherever we need it. Retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, currently is in the Department of Political Science at the University of Wisconsin, Jim Gingrass. Great information. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you, John and Amy. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. I don't know if you guys heard about this tragic story. Tragic, terrible story out of Belgium. I hear some sarcasm. Oh. Authorities there seized more than 2,300 cans of Miller High Life because the beers labeled the champagne of beers. So Belgium's part of the European Union. The European Union has a set of rules on a lot of things, and one of those rules is that to be labeled champagne, it needs to come from a specific region in France. So, like, you know, the The famous Italian stuff is called Prosecco. Right. Because it's not from Champagne. In Spain, it's called, uh, what's it called in Spain? Cava. Yeah, Cava. Mm -hmm. Can't be called Champagne. So, when the stuff got imported, it was headed for Germany, and it came into the European Union in Belgium, and some folks at the Comoti Champagne... Mm. Heard that it was coming into, wasn't that nice? Heard that it was coming into Europe, and so they got all upset. Mm -hmm. They said, we can't have that. It says right on the can that it's the champagne of beers, and champagne is only from this region of France. So they uh, convinced regulators to seize 
all those cans of Miller High Life in Belgium as it came in, saying it was a violation of designation and trademark. And you said it was like 2,500 cans? Yeah, which is 98 cases. (laughs) The beer and cans were recycled in an environmentally responsible manner. There's video of this where they opened every single can (laughs) and just dumped it. Oh, no. That seems so wasteful. We could have helped them out with that problem. Yes, so the champagne of beers was emptied and destroyed. So the sham- it was called the champagne of bottle beers from 1906 to 1969. The champagne of bottle beers, because it was available in a bottle that was shaped like a champagne bottle. Have you have you ever noticed that about Miller High Life? Yeah. yeah That's it's the champagne that, of beers? That, right, it's got kind of that long neck. Yeah, yeah I've noticed the shape of the bottle, but I meant right that, that it. it was called the champagne of beers. Oh my yes. gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been to restaurants in the Milwaukee area where you look at their wine list and yes. they, they list champagne, and the last one is High Life for like three bucks. I just wonder if I, I mean, that Love was that. like my favorite beer in college. So in 69, they changed it to the champagne of beers. They, uh, they shortened it. And now it's not being allowed to be consumed. And, and in only Europe. now, it's it's you can't tell me they've there's never been any issue with it up till now. Or is well, it just no, the consumption of the product in well, the country? They don't really they don't serve it over there. This was a specialty order to go to somewhere in Germany and they became aware of it. <laughs> so somehow they got tipped off. Should the people I, in France be more mad? Well, this is a big deal to the French. Um Yeah, it is. I know we're we, but but also Kalamata olives. I was looking at other things that are protected by different countries. Kalamata olive oil from Greece, buffalo mozzarella from Campania in Italy. Also those San Marzano tomatoes. Oh, those have to be from only San Marzano. You're not allowed to say. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So they're serious about this. California prunes. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, I'll look into it. I love the high life. That is a nice. Beer. I do beer. love the high yeah. life. Very nice. Solid beer. beer. The champagne of beers. It's said, Molson Chorus said, we remain proud of Miller High Life, its nickname, and its Milwaukee, Wisconsin provenance. That's right. <laughs> that was a good Milwaukee. Song. Very well done. It is 543 at WTMJ. Tuesdays with Zora. Zora Stevenson will be with us up next at WTMJ. Wait, Zora. Zora here. Before Bucks Talk, a little reminder for you. We are raising money for the Mac Fund. Greg Matzik is raising money as he prepares to golf 100 holes in one day. That's going to happen on Thursday. He's going to golf 100 holes, and it's a fundraiser. So he's raising money for the Mac Fund to fight pediatric cancer research. Money stays here with local researchers at places like the Medical College of Wisconsin. So here's the deal. It's donation-based, and we want you to help us out. Greg has decided bravely and kind of crazily that if we can raise $7,500, he will grow his hair out. <laughs> For at least a month. And, yeah, and, I, and I'm guessing it's going to be longer than that if we need a little longer to see what it's really going to look sure, like. Sure, I'm, I'm supportive of that idea. So $7,500, bucks, we are uh, about 1000 bucks short of that. I think this is doable quickly. I think so, too. So here's what you do. If you want to see Greg grow his hair out and help kids... Text the word GOLF to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Any donation, small or large, makes a difference. Text GOLF to that number, 855-616-1620. Are you nervous? Uh, yes, a little bit, but, <laughs> but no. I didn't. When was uh, the last time you golfed? 
Uh, I'm not worried about golfing. Uh, that'll be able to Nobody do. Nobody ever should be said fine. that. Said no one ever. It, it, right. Uh, You're actually confident in your golf game. On a course, not since last September. I did a, a fun Ireland trip, but that was the last I'd played. That's, because I your score that. doesn't really matter in this. And uh, No, not at all. It, it's different, right? This is but more, isn't there like, kind of pressure like a little bit? You don't I don't know. To... You want to play well. And yeah. some people have said, hey, I'll donate 10 bucks a birdie or something like that. That's right? Fun. So that, that could help. How many birdies are total. achievable in 100 holes? Uh, 10, 10 to 20. Well, you're good. Maybe. At the bog, that's tough. I think I had 13 one year, and I had none last year. The weather was awful, and I played terrible. Uh, but already okay. since we started the show, Terry, Lori, Ruth, Scafidi, <laughs> Scafidi's on the donation side nice. here, has donated. So the, the word is out, and people are getting it, and we're getting closer. We're at $6,285 raised, 7500 is our target. All right, so text the word GOLF to 855-616-1620. You can help us out. Let's bring in our friend Zora Stevenson. Uh, Zora, can you imagine Greg with hair? <laughs> I love this entire thing. I was I was listening, smiling, both uh, for the cause and for the potential of Greg to grow his hair out. You all are close. I may have to <laughs> add, in, add in my contribution. We are knocking um, on the door. We'll happily send you the donation site link, Zora. It's a very safe and secure site. I can promise you that. Yeah, no, send it to me. I'm in. Also, 100 whole. I mean, what time do you start? What time do you finish? Uh, it's like a 7.30, and then you finish sort of when you finish. As long as there's still light out, you can keep playing. So I, it's about a 10-hour adventure, roughly. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And, yeah, the bog is not easy. There's usually some fog up there. Yeah, I, and, and I'm wondering if you might be able to put me in touch with Troy Flanagan and the Bucks uh, you know, sports performance staff because I don't know what kind of shape I'm going to be in afterwards, but I'm guessing I might need some services. <laughs> yeah, probably a, a cold tub maybe <laughs> in near future. <laughs> Are you a golfer at all, Zora? You know, um, it's this, I'm going to say the same thing about golf that I say about skiing. I have skied. I ski. <laughs> I golf. But I am not a golfer or a skier, if that makes sense. When was the last time so, you golfed? Oh, man. Maybe uh, was it this, December? This decade. Okay. <laughs> so, like, so you love um, yeah, Hilton yeah. Head. Do you golf when you go to Hilton Head ever? Or are you more of a beach girl? There, I'm more of a beach person. My dad golfed every single day in Hilton Head. But we'll, like, you know oblige and do like nine holes with him once a year that's our, oh. that's our thing. poor the poor yeah. dads they get they get their nine <laughs> holes and that's it yeah I, 18 is hard for me yeah. I, my attention span because and i'm not very good so then i just get upset with myself and then it's no fun yeah then that's no fun because yeah. you're competitive exactly exactly but when it's on like you know you have those days where you're just feeling it yeah when it's on i'm like all right we can keep golfing uh <laughs> well and, and you you are athletically gifted zora like it, it seems like the kind of thing like we'd go golfing and you'd say no i'm not really a golfer and then all of a sudden you'd pick up a club and it's like well wait what i, I thought you said you didn't do this like it just seems like something that would come natural to you yeah but golf is not necessarily like the strongest people or the most athletic it's technique and finesse and consistency uh it's hard and because i'm not doing it often you know i said the last time was like november or december right so having golf since then so every time i go back at it like three or four months later i feel like i'm starting back where i was right like getting better <laughs> is not really happening zora stevenson with us on wtmj 
Uh, Zora, last night's game was tough, and I, I was kind of heartbroken. I was really sad just watching the game. I was so into it, and I was so ready to go, like I think a lot of Bucks fans. Uh, what was the most disappointing part for you with how things played out? Cool. They had it going, what, 75% of the game, yeah. 85 Dare I say 90% of I the think game? you're right. And then it, it all went the opposite way. Uh, and there was just times where guys, to me, just didn't look themselves. I mean, bobbling the basketball. I think one time, you know, the rock went off Drew's knee. Those, those kind of moments, um, which it happens. But, you know, it, it just is unfortunate that it happens at a time where you don't really have the space to do it. You know, they had this, like, 10 to 12-point cushion the entire night, which you think is great, but in the NBA, as, as we saw, can collapse so quickly. It w- and, and there was a rejuvenation to the group with Giannis returning. You felt that, especially in the first three quarters. They, they had this, like, spark to them and the, a different vibe. And it just frankly sucks that it didn't end in a win. You know, I mean, Brooke Lopez had a phenomenal night, right? Uh, I mean, the most, score- most points he's ever scored in a playoff game. I mean, Giannis coming back and, you know, only playing 11 minutes in the first game and his first game back. Is a tr- I mean, there was tremendous moments, and um, but, of course, no more tremendous than what Jimmy Butler was was able to put together. And you had people like Caleb Martin who knocked down timely shots. Kyle Lowry and his steal. I mean, it, it was it was Jimmy, but the guys around him also stepped up at, at certain times as well. The good news in all this is 3-1 is not 3-zip, right? I, I mean, teams have come back from 3-1, most recently the Denver Nuggets in 2020. So it's not like we're talking about something that hasn't happened since you know, the, the 80s or 70s or something. I mean, this, this happened recently, and anyone can do it. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. If this was a team that wasn't veteran and hadn't won a championship, or if this was a young team, I, I might feel like, man, you just missed an opportunity, and that's going to be tough to come back from. I, I get the feeling the team is disappointed, frustrated, but also not flinching in any way because they've sort of been here before. This group never flinches. You know, I almost, you know, I'm sure they were off today. I'm sure there's going to be shoot around tomorrow. And I almost want to ask, does your calm nature work in your favor in situations like this? Because, you know, whether they're in the middle of a 16-game win streak or they have their backs against the wall and are in must-win situations in the playoffs, their demeanor, you know, there's a spectrum to it, but relatively stays the same. And I wonder their opinion on that. Like, does that help them? I guess, you you know, you don't really know until you get to the other side. But to, to have that calming presence from from everybody and you just focus on one game, you know? I, I mean, yes, there's pressure, but you just win one game and then you, you keep moving on. So whereas, you know, the Heat, I think it would suck even more for them to lose three in a row when you – you had it right there. Whereas the Bucks, they got to fight ahead, but they just got to win one inside their inside their own building. Zora Stevenson, Zora, it's always fun to have you on. Thank you so much. We'll talk next week. Okay, talk soon.